calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Buffy and Frodo were in the Hogwarts library late into the night, prepping for the final trek into Mordor. Liz, I have to stop you. Why? Because this already sounds like the greatest story of all time. World Steelers! Well, hi there, Kate. Hi there, Liz. This is it's World Steelers. The show where we round up the rootinous, tootinous stories from the backs of our Buck and Broncos. Watch out! Because essentially, we're the literary equivalent of rodeo clowns. Oh my god, we are! <laughs> we truly are. We roll up into somebody else's ro- rodeo and steal the show. Steal it, make people laugh. Oh, they love it. Maybe make them cry. Yeah. When we get fucked off our horses. <laughs> Very dangerous profession, it's guys. super dangerous, yeah. Hi, Liz. Hey, Kate. This is where it gets so serious. Are we so serious right now? Um, well, because we're going to be picking another fan fiction for another round of writing. Oh, that is serious. And things have been going really well for us. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, guys, we're five eps deep at this point. I don't want to. I don't want to let down Tiny Army. We could never let down Tiny Army. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Right. They're dedicated to us. Blindly loyal. To you're us. right. It's like a sabuku <laughs> situation. You're right. Um, okay. Well, I think. Yeah, I, now is the time where we pick a fan fiction and we pick a fan fiction genre. And I think so. We kind of figure out what we're going to do. Am I up for the genre pick? Uh, or the fandom pick? You're up, up for the, the fandom, fandom pick. pick. Cool. Um, okay. Pick it Pick it for us, Liz. Pick, pick it. it good. Get in there. Get your hand in pick there. Pick it hard. Oh, I'm scared and I don't know why. What is it? What is it, Liz? Gotta do the paper. Pick the thing. Oh, okay. Oh, what is it? It's Buffy. <gasps> it's going to be Buffy. It's gonna be Buffy. It's gonna be Buff. <laughs> oh my God, guys, 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 guys. All right. First off, can we tell an origin story about why Buffy is being included in this season? Yes. I never watched a single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ever. Ever. Liz, however. Oh, Buffy was so important to me growing up. I think I, was, I mean, I wasn't quite old. I wasn't old enough to start watching it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But once I found it, like mm-hmm. playing in reruns when I was like homesick. I, I was homesick a lot, guys. I had like <sighs> this anxious condition where I would like give myself terrible stomach aches, I think. I don't know. Because oh, no. I was a weird kid. School was very right overwhelming the for tiny me. Army. You fit right in with oh, this fan fiction crowd. Tiny Army. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of kids who like make up anxious stomach aches and stay home and I read. was even <laughs> making them up. I actually... Gabe, I think that's what doctors, the only thing they could figure out, they were like, are you just a really anxious child that's giving yourself <laughs> serious gastrointestinal problems? Oh, man. And I was. Oh, um, man. And so Buffy was like so an anyway, outlet for you. They, they, would, they would be on like TBS yeah. at like 10 yeah. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I would be home from school in like a lot of pain eating like crackers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would watch it. And then I got super hooked and I... Oh man, I went so far as do you remember like Kazaa? Yes. I downloaded oh my the God, original yes. pilot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Kazaa and it had a different willow and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was the same. It's the same as the first episode. Oh, um, but just with which the I think is like welcome to the hellmouth. But right, 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 right. But I didn't have Alison Hannigan. And oh, she's just she's so yeah, important. Core. Anyway. 
So yeah, and then I got my sister into it mm-hmm. and we've been talking for years about doing a Halloween costume where I'm Faith and she's Buffy because she's Smart. blonde. We've never actually pulled our shit together to do it. It's but- not hard. It's just like low rise jeans and leather jackets. Yeah. Also, there's something about low rise jeans that They're make bad. everyone feel Everybody fat. Everybody looks terrible. It's you a bad have- fashion era. But anyway, so I feel like since the beginning of our friendship, I have been like making Buffy references and trying I to pull you I never in. understood them. And then, and then uh, recently mm-hmm. you took me to a live podcast recording, which we've discussed, uh, I think, on the podcast before, mm-hmm. of uh, buffering the Vampire Slayer, yes. which was really fun. And I've been to a lot of podcast recordings. So after this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to a Buffering the Vampire Slayer episode because you were so excited. Everyone in the room was so excited to be talking about Buffy. And so I listened to an episode and I realized like, oh, this is fun. But if I don't know what's going on, this isn't fun. So I went back and started watching Buffy from the beginning. Now in 2018 as a 30 year old woman, that show is very good. It's so good. Uh, I'm now like on season three. So this is perfect because it'll give me an excuse to finish. And I just, I love it. It's so great. And guys, I, we know Joss Whedon's been exposed. He's a bit of a creep. We know. But you know what? But who He's has a good it? writer. And also, <laughs> Marty Noxon was one of the yeah, and she's writers. Great. She's just yeah. awesome. So, we love us and Marty Noxon. Yeah. So I'm still going to latch on to this thing and love it. And I'm really excited to write a fan fiction about it. And let's find out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's oh find my out. God. What kind? Oh, ah, what? The Buffy if, world. Uh, ah, the Buffy world. Okay. All right. Oh, so many would be good for this world. What is that? Peggy Sue? Oh. So Peggy Sue's another obscure one, Tiny Army. So we're going to do a little. We know that not all of you are like fully enveloped into the fan fiction culture. Uh, Especially, specifically you, Sue and Tim. We know you're out there and we love you. Sue and Tim, this is specifically for you. Sue and Tim are like, what is it you're doing with your life? Peggy Sue, like the song, like the hairdo. I don't know what happened in the 50s. Peggy Sue, Peggy Sue. It's a song, right? It's a song, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe you just made that up. No, I don't think I did though. I used to listen to a lot of oldies in the car with my mom. That makes sense. All right. Well, Sue, this one's for you. Peggy Sue is a story in which one of the characters is sent back in time, getting a second chance with knowledge of the original plot. Whoa! Groundhog Day is an example of this happening repeatedly. It refers to both the story and the character in this situation. Wow. So fun. So, okay. So it's called Peggy Sue because it's a reference to a movie called Peggy Sue Got Married, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't seen. I haven't seen that either. But just for some context, for those of you that are big Peggy Sue Got Married fans. But I understand the trope of going back in time when knowing yes, whatever the, the plot is going to be of well, the story like, yeah. or the history. You go back and try to kill Hitler. Yeah. So hmm. one of the famous hmm. paradoxes about time travel. Yes. So, okay. What character do I want to play with? Hmm. God, you know, this is hard because so many ridiculous things have happened in that show. I also am always inclined when I write these fan fictions to talk about a character that's like not super blown out. Yeah. And used true. a lot. But you know what? Maybe it's time to let that go. Yeah, that's fair. You know what? There's nothing wrong with writing about a main character. Yeah. I've been I've been running away from the main character because I feel like I don't have property rights on them, but fuck it. This is a fan fiction. Fuck it. I think Fair use. Buffy's gonna be my I'm writing about okay. Buffy's doing something. Oh, that's so bold. I like be, it. She goes back in time and changes, and I'm gonna pick something fucking crazy. Okay. Yeah. I think this is gonna become what we refer to in the fan fiction uh uh, community as an AU ending, an alternate universe. Oh, fun. So she's going to successfully change it, maybe? Yeah, why not? Okay, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, cool. That's fun. What do you think? What are you thinking? So, I mean, you must have thought out so many storylines. Oh, God. There are just so many great. I think I want to do Spike and Drusilla. Why? Because I love them. Really? Yeah. You don't love Drusilla? No. She's terrible. Oh my God. I love her so. She's so nuts. I mean, I guess I don't like them together. I think Spike becomes more interesting when she leaves. Oh, sure. But I like her. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll just do her, but I definitely want to do Drusilla. Don't listen, don't take my no. like aversion to them as no. you not writing an See, amazing fan fiction because you're going like to. Them. I was like, I don't know. I'm definitely going to do Drew. Okay. Because I think she's do just it. so. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do Last it, I heard of Drusilla, it. she was making out with a tentacle demon. So yeah. Do it. 
You know, I don't know what she's going to change, but something. Mm, a magic. Oh, I'm so excited. I okay. know. Okay, bye, Liz. I'm going to go watch more Buffy. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Oh, Buffy. How do we love thee? Let us count the ways. If you were lucky enough to stumble upon Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a youngin, then you know it's the perfect blend of drama, horror, action, teen angst, and kick-ass girl power. If you discovered it later in life, well, it's still pretty fucking great. Set in fictional Sunnydale, California, go Razorbacks! The show's teen and later 20-something eponymous protagonist is the one girl in all the world who can stand against the forces of darkness. But at its heart, Buffy is a show about the power of love, especially the love of your best friends. Buffy features some of the great television writing of its time, full of puns, heart-wrenching moments, and one of TV's earliest LGBTQ main characters. Though not unproblematic, the show is a feminist mainstay and a joy to watch. Power. I have it. They don't. This bothers them. Hi there! Oh, story time. It's like when you go to the public library and a local person reads a book to children, except we're doing it to Tiny Army and we have written these things and it's inside your ear holes and not a library. But otherwise, exactly the same. Uh, Fun fact about that, there is, I should see if my mom can send it to me so I can post it on her Instagram. There's a newspaper clipping Uh of me and my brother and sister as little kids yeah. being read to at the local library um, by by a local person. That's where it all started for you. Well, the great part about the picture is my sister is dead asleep, right? That makes sense. My mm-hmm. brother is She's like vet, intently so. like listening and She's watching. A lawyer. Yep. And I am looking at the camera, like tenting my fingers and making like an evil face. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. clearly actress. It I'm, makes sense. Yeah. You filled the roles be- in the, from the beginning. It's always the three of you. It's, Fated to have been. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, speaking of fate, mm-hmm. we are doing our Buffy series, uh, which we again talked about 90 seconds ago, but for us it's been weeks. And we did uh, Peggy Sue Got Married themes. Oh, so fun. Which is very fun. I don't think I was super aware of this genre. And I went and did research on what the Peggy Sue thing is and what the synopsis of the movie is. It's essentially just that she's in this terrible marriage she doesn't want to be in. And then she goes back in time and realizes that that's the marriage she should have been in all along. Oh, um, sure. it's a chance to go back in time and change things. And yeah. I think in fan fiction world, you sometimes you can, sometimes you don't have to. There's obviously like overindulgent fan fiction. So it's like you go back and make sure nothing bad ever happens to your favorite characters. Yeah. Which listen, I get because I was a kid who used to read choose your own adventure books. Yes. And like thumb the pages so that if I died, I could go back and make a different choice. I know. I love so, that. It's really, it's how positive of you. You know what? I just never wanted to die. I never want to die. Yes. Tiny army. I will never <laughs> die. <laughs> Um, so when I started writing this story, um, I made an outline and I had a grandiose idea of Spike going back in time and kind of doing uh, the Peggy suit where he's able to have oh, an opportunity to change things. So you ended up doing things. Spike. Well, I, I remember I, you were didn't. originally thinking about doing Buffy. I did and I didn't. What happened was once you start playing with time. Mm-hmm. Shit gets weird. In the Buffy world. And also, I just had fun with a lot of my own jokes. And listen, it's a cohesive episode. It involves time. I would argue lightly that Spike has a chance-ish to change things. Okay. Um, so it feels really loosely in this category. But you can be the judge of that at the end and tell me if I failed. It's you a know? fiction. There's no failing. Sometimes you start out with an intent and it gets and away it from you. it gets away from you. The, the story, story will do that. It, it, it had its own plan and I didn't yeah. want to fuck with it too much. You can't browbeat the story into being something it doesn't want to be. Yeah, I let it be what it wanted to be, which which I actually love and find a lot of joy in. But um, the, So the context is it takes place in I believe the beginning of the fifth season. It's after Buffy has, okay, spoiler alerts. Riley has left. Thank God. Right? Um, the magic store, there was something tragic that happened and then Giles decides he wants to take it over, but it's not open yet because that happens for like a couple episodes. Right, right, right. He's it's not like open prepping, yet. working with Anya. Right. And we've just um, 
been introduced to Glory, and that's pretty okay. much where we're at. So in the Dawn is Dawn is here. Dawn we know is Dawn here. We know what she is. She doesn't know what she is. That comes later. But what? But we're in season five, and you can basically just take probably the f- first half of episodes and. Um, insert this story in anywhere there and it'll fit awesome and it won't change anything in canon so and tiny army like heavy spoilers for buffy but honestly like if you haven't seen buffy why are you on what are you you doing or maybe you just saw it a long time ago it's fine we don't want to well if you saw it a long time ago then just you already know about just don't say we didn't warn you yeah Uh, you choose to watch buffy if you want i'm just it's a great show right now like Blanket spoiler alert for this podcast. Yes. We can't do our jobs and not spoil things for you. Exactly. Okay. So go watch all the fandoms and get back to us. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. So anyway, we're just rolling in. Imagine it's the, um, it's a cold open of a puppy up. I wrote a cold open. I love you. I just, I really admire you like write episodes of television. I just. I do. It's because it just, it's a formula. It's pretty easy. It has a climax, you know? I really like that. I love that you do that. It's so fun. I also want to watch TV as a career. Anyone out there who's hiring TV writers, please, please. Anyone out there who's hiring TV watchers? Also that. I don't want to, like, critique TV. I just want to watch I it. Just, yeah, you want to okay, pay me for that. That's fair. I'm, I want to write it. Yeah. But also TV writers. But I, you TV, know what? I want to do that too. Whatever. Or, like, or whatever you want to you know put what? me. If you want to put me job. on a TV show. Do you want to put me on a TV show? I'll do that. Yeah. We're Penny open. Army. We're open. What would you like to pay us for? <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> well, anyway, in the meantime, just enjoy our stories. Here we go. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. So there's a cold open. If you want to, um, when I, we get to the, when you feel, here's a little game we're going to play while we're reading. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you feel like it's time for the theme song, go ahead and start singing it. Okay. You interpret when the cold open ends. Oh my God. I'm so, I feel really nervous. Like this is a, no, a no, lot of responsibility. Obvious. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally getting her much-needed hour of sleep before the sun would come up, Buffy Summers drifts off peacefully underneath her thick floral comforter. Sure, there was vampire dust still caked underneath her nails, but she'd deal with it when she woke up. Then she remembered, in a small fit of frustration over tangled cables, she had snapped her hair straightener in half the morning before. A hazard of superhuman strength. When hand- also, sorry, let me just say a hazard of the 90s. Oh, yes, true. They straightened some, the shit out of that stuff in here. 90s, early 2000s, hey, a lot of hair straighteners. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, go on. No, please. I love living in this zone. <laughs> I, 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 Watching this show was a lot of like, what did I wear then? Yeah, I wore that. Remember when hair didn't have volume on purpose? Yeah, it was just flat. Just it like boom. stuck your head. Yes. Mm. Wow, the hair straightener does that. Mm-hmm. She had snapped her hair straightener in half the morning before. A hazard of superhuman strength when handling items made for regular human hands. She sighed and threw off the covers. The Sunnydale Pharmacy would be open by now in the early morning hours. She wasn't about to sacrifice her signature soft tussle and glossy locks in the face of constantly fighting evil. Especially after a breakup. She needed to look good for herself. The hallway carpet was striped with amber bits of morning light through the blinds, and as Buffy passed by Dawn's bedroom door, she knew she'd make it to the last bowl of Cocoa Puffs before anyone in the house did. That was one thing that made not sleeping worth it. A soft jingle of tiny bells played a melody. It drifted her attention away, gently at first, like a music box she used to have with a dancing ballerina. But then Buffy whipped around, looking for the source as it crescendoed. Mysterious music playing for no reason in Sunnydale was never just in your head. When she reached the top of the stairs, the music stopped, followed by tiny footsteps running from her and into the living room. She ran down the stairs, taking four at a time, practically pommel-horsing the banister into the living room. It was empty and dark. Just as she expected, honestly. What did she expect? A vampire watching reruns on the couch just out in the open? The kitchen, the garage, the yard, everything was clear with no signs of intruders. After checking the perimeter, Buffy gave up and went in the back door again to the kitchen. Of course, now the sun was out and Don was up for school, sitting at the kitchen island, eating, you guessed it, cereal. Oh, <laughs> dear, 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 dear. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, monster introduction. Don is a brat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in uh. Buffy's world. There's a little thing. She's annoyed. Buffy's annoyed by a lot of things, but I feel her angst in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like. I get it with little sisters. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Fair. No one will take that last thing you want. Like, oh, someday I'll tell you about the time Rachel took the last Boston cream donut. Oh, fuck her. She knows what she did. Do you know what you did, Rachel? <laughs> um, okay. Alrighty. <clears throat> we're after that. We've come back from commercial break. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think the commercials were for? Oh my God. Like Jenko jeans. Yes. <laughs> other wb shows like smallville oh, and oh yeah moesha and was that a point where clueless the tv show was oh still my thing? god i remember that and oh. also by season five angel yes angel mm-hmm. 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 cool sorry no charmed <laughs> anyway okay so we're back from commercial break Dylan was on his knees, begging Mr. Herfnester to let him go on break. I washed this Mercedes like 50 times already, I swear. Mr. Herfnester crossed his arms over his blue polo, the logo of his car wash, Herf's wash in detail, embroidered into the pocket. Dylan, this vehicle just came in and we're backed up 12 cars today. I cannot possibly let you on break right now. Please, Mr. Herf, I, I, I have washed it already, over and over and over and over. Dylan raised his hands, looking at them and starting to cry. I can't wash anymore! Uh-oh. Mr. Herfnester jumped back in horror as Dylan reached out and stained his boss's khakis with dark red blood, coming from Dylan's swollen and waterlogged hands. The man in the Mercedes stuck his head out the window and yelled while honking. Um, excuse me, I need the full herf. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's just a dumb moment in Sunnydale. (laughs) Also a good burn on people who drive Mercedes. Yes. I realize this is a magic shop, but the stock of practical magic VHSs is out of control. Xander heaved a giant stack of unopened videotapes and dropped them onto the large wood table, where Anya, Willow, and Tara sat sorting books into piles. Maybe we can uh, donate them, Willow chimed in, while flipping through history of ground hauntings in Munich in the 1750s. Or we could burn them, offered Anya cheerfully. Everyone looked up at her with looks that she was already familiar with, the kind of looks where she had evidently crossed a social barrier and they were figuring out how to point it out to her. What? It's quick, efficient, and way more fun than donating. Anya, burning a pile of movies about witches isn't very sensitive, considering... (laughs) Xander motioned across to Willow and Tara. Okay, well, burning real witches is fun too. It's not like it hurts them, Anya argued. Willow got up from the table with her book. Tara attempted a smile. The front door of the closed and disheveled magic shop creaked open. Buffy walked in, dragging her feet and giving a small hello to Giles, who stood behind the dusty and broken counter. She plopped down at the table with the crew. Most people get at least a two-week vacation or President's Day from their work, she mumbled. Slayed out, Buff? Asked Xander. Oh, that's... I don't know why, but that is pitch-perfect Xander. Yeah. Slayed out buff. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love it. It's I so... really went for the tone of the yeah, character. I tried a lot. Nailed it. Thank wow. You. Thank you. Slayed out buff, asked Xander, bringing over yet another pile of videotapes. Who would have guessed that the touring group of cats was just a cast full of vampires, said Buffy, throwing up her hands, revealing small scratches on the inside <laughs> of her arms. And they're really into their characters. <laughs> Oh, I really hope that's true. I hope that cats is just a mechanism to lure defenseless old people into a closed off dark uh, room and I mean, then why not? eat them all. I mean, why not? I mean, it's a yeah. terrible. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, it's not the best of musical theater, replied Giles, walking closer to the gang. It doesn't surprise me that it attracts unsavory characters. <laughs> Leave it to the undead to make a bad revival, Xander quipped. Uh, 
Oh, I hate <laughs> to say, because I'm afraid this is going to come off as an insult, but you're really in Xander's head right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got it. Now that. Well, the tour's canceled now, Buffy said, ignoring him. Do we have any word on Glory's movements or where we should leave it to the dead to make a bad revival? Said Xander. Xander, I'm pretty sure we all heard your joke the first time, Buffy said. What? I mean, it wasn't my best, but I thought the delivery was pretty sound, Xander replied, a little hurt. Okay, but you don't have to repeat it, said <laughs> Buffy. Uh-oh. Uh, what are you talking about, Buffy? Asked Willow. Buffy looked around at her friend's confused faces and shrugged it off. Long nights sometimes led to not-so-perfect buff brain the next day. She laid her head down on the wood and shut her eyes for just a quick little rest. We should get some training in today, Buffy, since I'll be headed to the city for a permit and... Buffy groaned, all right, then stood up to head to the new training area in the back of the store. Spike was pacing his crypt, trying to wash his demon brain of images of the Slayer in his arms, trying to... Nope, not gonna happen. There had been a few times in his afterlife when he was cursed by a wayward fairy or wandering nymph and with all-consuming thoughts, and he'd been able to shrug those off in the past. These ideas were of his own making, and he could squash them if he concentrated hard enough. Maybe it was because she was just so good at flipping. No, the thoughts needed to be flushed. The best way to do that was with whiskey and fresh blood. Although, unless he found a willing victim, it'd be another trip to the hospital to lift some more baggies of not-so-fresh A-negative. He'd been waiting all day, wild for the sun to go down, so he could prowl and try again to forget someone who'd likely be out prowling for him. If he avoided certain treks, he would probably wouldn't run into her. The night was especially foggy, which was strange for the dry, arid climate of California. Spike wandered into a mini-mall complete with liquor store and sketchy blood donation center, his one-stop shop. Attached to the side of the parking lot was a brightly lit-up car wash, the machines running inside but with no cars parked along the entrance line. With vamp ears underneath bleached hair, Spike could make out the soft cries underneath the hum of powerful hoses. He crept to the service booth, pushing the door open to find a middle-aged man crouched over the small switchboard for the car conveyor belt. The man pushed the big red forward arrow for a, few sec- for a few seconds, then cried out in terror, his voice hoarse, and then pressed the button again. No car moved through the covered washing area outside, but the belt ran with the button push. After watching the man's repeat behavior, Spike stood behind him, smelling fresh blood on the man and hoping for an outcome in his favor. He placed one hand on the car wash attendant's shoulder, who turned around immediately, then crumpled into Spike. Spike barely caught him from falling down. The man felt weirdly hollow. Spike looked down at the face of the guy, who was now whimpering, and saw that his eyes were sunken far into his skull, and he was mumbling through wrinkled lips. One last breath came out of the dry hole in the face of Herf as he slumped over dead like a bag of empty crisps. Ugh, <laughs> creepy. Yeah, well, something about buffy. a desiccated corpse, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, poor Herf. Uh, well, you know. Well, yeah. People yeah. at Sunnydale gotta die. Yeah. Like it's kind of their fate. It is shocking to me that it hasn't taken a bigger toll on the overall population. Like I feel like a lot of people die. I think people keep showing up. You know, they have a college there. That's there true. seems to be a lot of jobs. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a it's bustling, bustling metropolis. <laughs> or suburb. Is it a city? Suburb? LA suburb? Urban suburban? Suburban area. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Spike dropped her. Standing in silence as the machine cycle finally finished after running for hours. After looking thoroughly over the body and deciding that he wasn't quite in the mood for jerky, Spike was alerted to a small noise. A song, like a tiny piano playing in the distance. The tune was familiar, like one of those old toys with a crank that launched a puppet at you. When the tune finished, he shivered. Something that really bothered him, given he never got cold. Bugger, he said aloud. He didn't want a reason to visit her, but now fate had handed him one. He popped the collar of his leather jacket and left Herf and the silent car wash to find her. 
sore, tired, overworked. Buffy wasn't always resentful of her destiny to defend the world against the underworld, but tonight was really testing her patience. Plus, it felt like she had walked in circles, seeing the same headstones over and over in her search for baby vampires. There weren't any around to distract her, a relatively quiet night, which didn't help her want to leave it alone and go home. She heard him before he stepped out of the shadow of a tree. Slayer. He said, (laughs) do you like that? I do. Good spike. Good spiking. (laughs) He said calmly, hands in his pockets. Spike, I'm out for a steaky steaky tonight. Are you offering? She said. For as many times as you threaten to dust me, you never do. I think I'd be begging for it by now. And I wouldn't have to hear it anymore. Wake up on the wrong side of that coffin, Buffy said, twirling her stake around distracted. Hungry, yes. But more importantly, I've got some demon news delivery and I imagine you and your crew wouldn't want to know about it. He kicked the dirt, trying not to look directly at her and wanting to get this over with already. Oh, well, okay. I don't think there's much out tonight anyway. We can head back to the... A vampire with a mullet jumped out at the two of them, landing inches from Buffy, teeth bared. She ducked, sweeping the vamp's legs and crashing him onto his back. What would have been a well-placed stake, driven down into the laid-out vamp, was interrupted by just soil. Buffy stood up, alone, and standing in the cemetery with no spike or mullet pyre. She looked around for a target and a reluctant vamp friend, but found no one. A small jingle played between the trees, something she recognized from that morning, and then she heard him. Slaya, hands in pockets, walking out of dark shadows. Right, okay, let's go. Buffy turned, heading out to the street. What? Spike asked, following behind her. Wait, I wanted to tell you. Yeah, yeah, Groundhog Day Demon. I figured it out already. Okay, let's stop it now before she heard heavy footsteps footsteps behind him. Damn. She turned around quickly to firmly plant a stake in the chest of a mulleted and familiar vamp who vanished so close to Spike that he spit out dust. I imagine that the victims die of dehydration before anything else, given that they probably cannot escape the loop long enough to serve their needs. See here? Giles pointed to the center of a large, leather-bound book. The Laplace Demon, known for driving scholars and physicists mad with knowledge of the future, enacts a repeat spell that creates a time loop for its victim, feeding off panic and... Giles paused and then closed the book. Well... What does it say? And what? Willow asked, excited for more information than of imagining the demon in action. It says ooze, but doesn't give a qualifier for what that is exactly. Giles responded. It's a time-suck demon that feeds off time ooze? Xander chimed in while lounging in a nearby armchair. Please don't let that joke be repeated, said Buffy, cradling (laughs) her head. Cradling her head in her hands and trying to read through the tiny ink letters in her own research. Oh, a time demon, perked up Anya. I used to go out with one named Dan during the Renaissance. Oh, he loved to replay all the times that we... The magic shop grew quiet as everyone (laughs) looked at her. Went out on dates, she finished. (laughs) Willow chuckled and closed her book. What? He was nice to me and I was a demon too, so it's not like he was sucking any ooze from me. Well, okay, I guess you could say, whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> we get it, said Xander. I definitely don't need to hear the rest of that sentence. Uh, you know, first of all, all of your character voices are perfect. Thank you. Like, not only in the way that you're delivering them, but in the way that you've written them particularly. They're just Thank so you. Good. Thank you. Also, I like Anya, an ensemble. Oh, lo- yeah, mm. love a big cast. Anya was a, a character that really bugged me the first time I ever saw the show. I was just like found her really annoying. But yeah. like, man, going back and watching it while you're older, you're like, I love her. She grows on me Anya. so hard. I oh, love her. I find her to be hysterical, independent. I love her. She's great. I just, oh, I just mm-hmm. love, I just love and her I to death. hate how much they slut shame her. Yeah, it's really annoying. <sighs> and so, honestly, I think I that's why that I didn't like her the first time around because I was like caught up in the characters and the characters seemed like very against her yeah anti-anya and then like but watching it again you're like no she is shut up she speaks truth to power yes she loves sex and money and money like she's perfect anya is everything i've ever wanted to be Uh, we are all anya she is every woman yes and every woman is anya yes go on (laughs) (laughs) 
I definitely don't need to hear the rest of that sentence. Anya stood up aghast and said, Hey, come on, you dated other people before me. What's the big deal? Like four people, said Xander. That's it. Okay, so? Asked Anya, still standing and making their tiff the center of the issue at hand. Well, it's just that in human terms, you seem to have dated like, you know, a lot, said Willow, attempting diplomacy. I am 1,100 years old. That's not <laughs> fair. If Buffy were 1,100 years old at her rate, there'd be like a thousand boyfriends that had left her already. True that. <laughs> Tell them Anya. <laughs> Anya, said Xander, dropping his book. You guys are so judgmental. She started to tear up a little, then grimaced. Which, for some lesbians and someone who dated a demon teacher, is very ironic. Anya finished with a bite and then walked out the front door. Xander followed behind, calling after her. Everyone left behind remained quiet for a moment before Giles said, You know, in ancient Greece, it wasn't uncommon for citizens to have many partners at once when... Oh, God! Enough passes sex guilt! Don't we have a demon to catch here? Spike interrupted. (laughs) I mean, I was supposed to have a study group over, but I guess demon catching is more important, Don said with attitude. Giles said the demon might follow my time trail or whatever back here anyway, so I'm sorry to ruin your math party. Chemistry, Don retorted. Whatever, fine. Invite them over to study while I just demon kill all over your textbooks. Hopefully it's not too gooey and you can take them back to the library. Buffy laid out a pentagram blanket while Willow carried in jars of ingredients and a candle behind her. Don stormed off upstairs. Buffy glared as she left and then let out a big yawn. Oh, uh, Xander called and said he's bringing tons of coffee, you know, uh, in case this stakeout takes a while, said Willow, setting up the candles. As Willow worked, Buffy watched her light candles and murmur small chants. She heard Tara, Giles, and Anya come through the back door. They were all gathering now as the sun went down again to fight a demon again, figuring out as they go and all depending on Buffy's strength to complete the spell and weaken it so that it could be dispersed. And she thought in that moment that maybe the demon was just repeating her whole life. And this day was just the middle of the cycle where she'd wake up tomorrow and patrol and fight and find more demons and never really be free of the onslaught until her body drained of its slayery ooze. Or maybe she just really needed coffee. (laughs) I just want to say, Buffy, really, you're going to shame your sister for wanting to study chemistry? Just because you were terrible at school doesn't mean Dawn has to be. I know, but Dawn is always like, oh, your Slayer stuff's getting in the way of my life. Yeah, no, it's definitely and true. And Buffy's always like, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do about what you want it. Me? <laughs> Which yeah. I like both points of view. I'm yeah. like, fine, yes. Totally fair. Either, yes. either way fair. Yes. Okay. Spike stood outside the summer's house, looking up at the lit windows and flicked his cigarette into the storm drain. They probably didn't need him. The gang was pretty tight-knit with slayers, witches, and watchers alike. They treated him like dead weight, not acknowledging that he in fact helped them in a number of disasters. Admittedly, some he created, but still. Maybe that was the real reason for his obsession. He just wanted credit for the free help he was providing them. Constantly being disrespected when he deserved favor? Yeah, it had nothing to do with loving Buffy or not being able to stop thinking about her. It was merely that he wasn't being treated how he deserved. As he thought through his valiant acts, he saw Buffy come to the window, pull aside the curtain, and look out onto the lawn. He was in the shadows where she wouldn't see him like he was the night before, or know that he was even there. Spike glanced down the street for movement and saw little but a flicker of Sunnydale streetlights off the car windshields. Everyone tucked away in their sweet little homes, conveniently ignoring the fact that they lived in a town plagued with accidents and monsters that would eventually torment them in their perfect little homes. A movement caught his eye, and he turned quickly to see Buffy pulled back roughly from the window, a shadowy black hand, as if made of thick smoke, had wrapped around her face, and she was jerked backwards. He took a step forward to run at the house, but then he saw the curtain part again, and Buffy stood there unscathed, looking out at the lawn again. Spike heard the same melody and spun around to see a young boy, pale, sitting in the middle of the road with a box in front of him. Nothing creepier than a child. Yep, child's creepy. The creepiest. They're the worst. Sinister children are creepy. I hate it. Okay. That's why I don't want kids. What if they turn out evil? (laughs) What if they die and become ghosts and haunt you? That's the worst kind of ghost. Literally the worst. 
Okay. No, thank you. The child slowly turned the crank. The song played, crescendoing into a pop. Spike was then looking down at his finished cigarette, about to flick it again into the storm drain when Buffy came to the window, pulled aside the curtain, and was grabbed by the same mysterious black hole of a hand. And then the song played over. Anya was snoring on Xander's shoulder, both sitting on the floor propped up against the couch, the hum of the TV playing in the background. I'm sorry, Buffy, I assumed that the Laplace demon would only pursue you even more and lead us to this point. We've never really dealt with a timid demon before, said Giles, taking off his glasses to rub them in the dim light of the living room. Everyone else was laid out on the rug, waiting, some of them drifting off. Yeah, usually they're all in my business right now trying to kill me, said Buffy, who was painting her toenails on the ottoman. Well, perhaps tomorrow night uh, we should try the car wash, since that was where its last kill was, he said, resetting his glasses. Or, Willow looked down at the book with the spell that she had set up to use, and everyone looked over waiting for the piece of information she'd found, the one line of a spell that triggered their plan into action. Oh, my leather bookmark. Gee, I thought I'd forgotten where this... Or what, Will? Said Buffy loudly, startling Anya and Xander awake. Everyone stared at her, expecting. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to. Buffy put down the nail polish bottle. I'm just worn out from... I don't know, all of this, I guess. We understand, said Willow, closing the book. It has felt like we're all working a little harder now with, uh, well, you know, less help since... They all held their breath at the near-close mention of Riley's name. Boo. <laughs> Agreed. Boo. I hate him. <laughs> Buffy had almost forgotten in the spin of being tired that she was, in fact, now a single and not so ready to mingle. They all looked guilty for coming close to bringing up the most recent man to have left her. Was she really that fragile? No amount of supernatural healing would, could quicken a regular old broken heart, she guessed. She could cut her friend some slack. She was being pretty mopey lately. It's fine, Will. I'm sorry for yelling. It's okay, Buff, said Willow enthusiastically. Buffy sat up and pushed her sore body from the couch, walking over to the window to look out over the usually empty street that haunted her home. She got a brief glimpse of the streetlights before she was enveloped in cold. Completely dark, motionless cold. Then, something was pulling her insides out through the center of her back like a hole pierced in the side of an airplane at altitude. She couldn't fight it. It was so fast. She was being funneled, almost at empty, and then she blinked and was laying on her back in the floor of her living room, looking up at Willow, chanting over her, holding a tall white candle like a dagger pointed at a silhouette. It was a silhouette of a tall man. Well, from what could be made out from the contrast of edges against the living room walls, it shifted back and forth like dripping glue, trying to avoid Willow's directed words. Buffy wheeled back and jumped onto her feet, fists in front, ready to punch into the gape of space in the man shape. The fire from the lit white candle started to brighten from Willow's words, and the light began seeping into the man shape. Dan? Anya's voice rang out behind Buffy's fighting stance. Willow went silent. An empty, cold echo of a deep voice said, Anner's Bananas? <laughs> Sorry, what? Said Xander, breaking himself out of fear into complete disgusted surprise. What are you doing in Sunnydale? Anya asked, walking up to stand between Buffy and Willow and, well, Dan, they guessed. You know, Homo. Said a distant yet booming voice. What are you doing all human horrific? Mm, not a demon anymore, just, you know, one of these now, Anya responded, waving a thumb back at the humans behind them. Gosh, I haven't seen you in so long, I mean, oh, even as a human you look great. The darkest dark silhouette held out his arms to emphasize his point. You know, I'll never forget that Venetian sacrifice where we rolled around in that blood ocean and- Okay, Willow, can we light bright this guy out of here, please? <laughs> Said Xander, his voice breaking as he yelled. Um, yeah, I guess, said Willow, looking over at Anya. Oh, hey, actually, could you not? (laughs) 
said Dan. We'll just banish me to another realm and like, well, it's kind of a pain to get back without my body ripping up the whole time-space thing, because I'm, uh... Oh, for the love of God or whatever, Buffy said, exasperated, then threw a well-placed kick into the center of Dan's whole chest. Her foot completely disappeared without a sound, and before she fell all the way in, Anya grabbed her elbow and tipped her backwards. Buffy rebalanced and removed her foot. Yeah, that's not really going to work, said Anya. Listen, Dan, these are my friends, so do you think you could take the time-sucking gig on the road? You know, for old time's sake. Anya smiled playfully, ignoring Xander's huge sigh and dramatic storm out into the kitchen. Hey now, Bananas, don't come on too strong. Dan laughed. I've got someone now. Oh, that's so good to hear. I'm happy for you. Another time demon? asked Anya. Oh no, said Dan. What a nightmare that would be. He's a youth ghoul. <laughs> the constant, sharp, severe pain was clouding over the irony that for a man without a soul, the soles of his feet were now being stripped off every time he lunged for the summer's house. His combat boots were in tatters. A hundred times now he'd try one way, then another, sometimes making it to the door, sometimes the window, never quite making it inside, but always filled with the same urgent fear that something was happening to her and he couldn't somehow stop it. He was losing blood. Even in the refresh of the moment, he'd show up with less attached to him. This was some epic Inquisition-level torture. Inside a few runs, he'd hear the giggle of a demon that was looping him. A few times he'd turned and gone straight after the pale, gangly boy sitting with the toy, but that only made the revisited moment shorter. Spike always knew he'd end up in hell, but he figured he'd have enough pull there to get away with an easy eternal torture. (laughs) It wouldn't be like this. It couldn't be. He'd have to figure out another way, a trick, a spell, throwing a rock. He, He hadn't tried that. He launched a rock which pathetically tapped against the glass, the throw weakened by, well, his current weakness of time. Undead, but not immune. He tried again. It was the only option he could think of as he barely stood in a puddle of his own blood in the street. It's not usually my style to not kill demons, Buffley finally interjected through Anya and the Time Demon's round of catch-up and chat. Right said Anya. But to be fair, it did seem like Dan had you. He's pretty powerful. One time we were trying to get this emperor to perhaps just this once, Buffy. Giles spoke softly. Yeah, but if he's not time-sucking me, isn't he just going to go off and time-suck another innocent? Buffy replied, willing, yes, to lay down the stake, but then thinking if she does it once, then all demons will be looking for the get-out-of-hell-free card. Oh, I wasn't going to time-suck you, babe. I enjoy something with the aged flavor, Dan said creepily. Willow, Buffy, Giles, Tara, and even Sander from the kitchen cringed. Anya seemed unfazed. There was a sharp tap at the window, and then another. Buffy skirted around the hole slash man slash demon to look out the window. Lurking outside her house, a place he loved to frequent, Spike stood in the middle of the street, but appeared crumpled leaning over weakly to grab a stone, then toss it, hitting the window, then repeating the motion. But this time the stone landed softly in the grass. For a moment, she thought of running out the front door and to him, making sure he was all right and breaking the curse that was coming from Dan and and spending a moment with Spike to revel in what he had done for her. Instead, she saw him fall over into a wet puddle and said, Gross. Isn't that kind of inappropriate? He's basically dating a child, Willow (laughs) asked over her coffee cup the next morning, still hanging in the summer's home with everyone drowsy. Did Spike die? Huh? Did Spike die? No, no, no. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willow asked over her coffee cup the next morning, still hanging in the summer's home with everyone drowsy but relieved. A youth school isn't a kid. They're thousands of years old, Anya answered. I guess the dating world of demons is one we don't fully understand here on the mortal side, Giles said, spooning some healthy oatmeal in the dawn light. Buffy came in through the back door and made her now signature plop at the kitchen island, tired but less irritable. She put a brown paper bag on the island next to her. 
How's our rotating vampire? asked Xander. He'll be fine. He just needs a little coffin nap. Dan's actually helping him catch up quicker with some forward looping, Buffy said, then reached into the bag, pulling out a fresh new unopened box of Cocoa Puffs. Oh, that's all. Oh, time travel. I loved it. Thank it you. It was great. Thank you. It was it was an episode of Buffy. It was an episode of Buffy, which is awesome. And it was I went for an episode of Buffy that is procedural and doesn't have any huge arcs and story because those are honestly my favorite ones. Yeah. You know, I like I, I do. I love the arcs, but man. Nothing like a good Monster of the Week. I love a monster. I you play know? a game called Monster of the Week for that reason. Sounds super fun. Yep. So thank you for joining me on my television show. <laughs> what <laughs> a I beautiful stole. journey. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm I really, think. this Buffy series that we did was very fun. I'm, I'm scratching these itching bones for me. It's just so fucking fun. Uh, so good. Yeah. Well, Tiny Army, Tiny thanks Army. as always for listening. Ugh, we love it when you join us for we these. Love you so much. And you can love us back on social media mm-hmm. uh, at Instagram and Twitter at World Stealers. Uh huh. And you can email us all of your feelings at WorldStealersPod at gmail.com. And if you give us a little rate review combo, um, we will and and you request it gotta request yeah, it we're not just gonna do review. these for everyone you gotta put it in the review um we'll write you a little fic yeah guys we have a sign off yeah we do it every, every week. week and as we've said every episode from the very from first the start episode of world stealers yeah slayer i think i'm looping in time <laughs> bye <laughs>